Praise the Lord. It's time to get started. It's time to get started. Come on, clap your hands. Stand to your feet. We're going to give him glory this morning. Did you come to give him glory this morning? Did you come to give him glory this morning? Is he doing something wonderful in your life? Well, put your hands together. Simple song says, God is. God is doing something. this morning. If he's doing something wonderful in your life, lift your hands and say it with us. God is doing something wonderful. God is doing something wonderful. Something awesome and incredible that only he will get the glory. God is doing something incredible and awesome. this morning. Let's say it again. Come on. God is doing God is doing something wonderful in me. God is doing something God wonderful. Is doing something wonderful in me. Something awesome and incredible. Part, just repeat after me in unison. So wonderful. So beautiful. So marvelous. God is doing it on the inside of me. Say it again. So wonderful. Let's do that in part. So wonderful. So beautiful. So marvelous. God is doing it on the inside of me. Say it again. So
together this morning. May we pray? Father, we just come this morning thanking you for doing something wonderful inside of us. We thank you for waking us this morning and for starting us on our way. We thank you for a reasonable portion of health and strength, Father. And then, Father, we looked around and our families were safe. And for that, we thank you, Father. Father, we ask that you please would just forgive us for all of our sins. Those things that we did we should not have done. And then again, those things we should have done, we did not do. We thank you for your mercy and your grace this morning. Father, we ask you please to bless the sick and the shut-in this morning. Those that are in nursing homes behind prison walls. Those that wish they could be here this morning, but they just couldn't make it this morning. We pray for this service that maybe something that is said or done might lift the bow down here. We pray for the man who's going to bring the word from God that we may apply to our lives. These and other blessings we ask in Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. You know what's beautiful? God's love for us is so beautiful. And I thank him this morning. Come on, sing with us. Your love. Your love for me. It is so complete. Set me, free. set me free. Oh, that's beautiful. It's so beautiful. 
It's so beautiful even when it's cold outside. It's so beautiful even when the grass is brown. Even when the trees are barren. God's love is so beautiful. Sometimes we just have to take a moment and reflect on the goodness of God. Because God didn't have to do it, but God did. So let us gather as a congregation, congregation together, take the hands of your neighbor and let us go to God as his church, giving praises to him. Oh, most holy God, we come now thanking you for being so beautiful to us. Dear God, the world around us seems like it's going crazy. But yet we know that you're still on the job. We know that you're still in control. Because you woke us up this morning. You allowed us to wake up and know our name. Dear God, you gave us the activities of our limbs. You gave us a roof over our head. You put food on the table. You allowed us to come to your house once more and again. Thank you, thank you. And dear God, we are in awe of your power and your love. Because you blessed us even though we did not deserve it. So dear God, we come now as a church body saying thank you. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your mercy. Dear God, we ask that you cover us with your spirit this morning. For we know that we may be dressed up, but we know that something is going on in our lives. Some of us are grieving this morning. Some of us are not feeling so good. So dear God, we ask that you pour out your comforting spirit, your healing spirit, and wrap it all around us. Whisper into our ear and let us know that you will never leave us or forsake us. Dear God, we pray for the man of God this morning. We pray for the word that you've given him. We ask that it come in, down into our hearts and into our souls and help us to leave here different from the way we came in. Dear God, we ask that you touch every participant in this service. We ask that you lead God and direct us and that everything that's done here be done in decency and in order. And dear God, we will be careful to give you all the praise and all the glory. Dear God, we ask that you hear this prayer that's uttered in the name of your Son and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Let every heart in the building say amen, 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 and amen.
your hands together in here this morning. Isn't it wonderful to just know that his love for us is beautiful. Amen. God bless you. We're going to ask that you join us now. Bible response to reading followed by the hymn for the morning. Ushers, if you have some that are still coming in, please let them do so. As we stand and prepare again for this part of the worship service. May we all read together. Now that we have been justified by his blood, will we be saved through him from the wrath of God? That's good. Let's say that again. Now that we have been justified by his blood, amen. God bless you. And we ask you to continue to remain, remain standing and join us in our hymn for the morning. The blood will never lose its power. Isn't that wonderful? Let's sing together.
Let's stay right there. Let's do that again. It reaches sink. to know that it will never, never lose its power. Isn't that wonderful? We have so much to be thankful for. And just being here this morning is just just a, a sand amount and not what God has done for us. And he, he brought us back from last week and here we are. And I see some smiles on face and I'm just happy about that. We're going to share a few announcements with you. With you. We would like to extend our thanks you for the plants you sent in memory of my mother, Mrs. Allie Jackson. Please continue to listen up in prayer. And this comes from the Reverend Jackson and the family. Also, we want to, your thoughtfulness at this difficult time Good. is appreciated. And the family of Mrs. Emma Griffin. Also, we want to just say thank you to our K Chapel family. There are not enough words to fully express our heartfelt thanks for the sympathy, prayers, flowers, and support that was extended to our family during the loss of my brother, Robert Earl Turner. Please continue to pray. And this comes from Clara Turner Ford and Brenda Turner Coffee. These are the announcements we have here. We're going to get some additional announcements from the media. Media? Your help for an upcoming event on Saturday, February the 23rd from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m., Cade will host a prom dress drive in the Family Life Center. This event is in support of Her Prom Closet Jackson 2019, which is sponsored by Couture Cares. The event is open to 11th and 12th grade girls who are members of Cade or who attend the Jackson Public High Schools. Girls must be recommended by their high school counselors or principals or the Cade Chapel Youth Director. All girls attending this event will receive a free prom dress of her choosing, accessories, and a clutch bag. We're asking K-Chapel members to support this drive by donating gently used or new prom or after five dresses. For more information, please contact Martha McRaven Oliver at 601-207-4352. DVDs of the 2019 Christmas Cantata will be available for purchase on next Sunday in the sound booth. The DVD is available for only $5. The Deaconess Ministry has been planning a fun-filled event for mothers and daughters. This activity is open to girls ages 8 through 12 and will take place on Saturday, February the 16th from 10 a.m. to 12.30. Be sure to stop by the Old Fellowship Hall today to sign up and for more information. Ladies. Be sure to save the date for our Women's Day shopping trip coming up on Saturday, April the 6th, as we travel to the premium outlets of Gulfport, Mississippi. The cost is only $35. More information coming soon. Oh, and men, 
if you're needing some brownie points, and trust me, you probably are, this trip would make an excellent Valentine's Day gift. So you got a little time to be getting your coins together so you can pay for that shopping trip. The father and daughter Saturday morning event will take place on March the 2nd. This activity is for girls ages 13 through 18. Space is limited, so sign up today by texting me and dad to 70000. And please be sure to check your bulletins and the bulletin boards for additional announcements and upcoming community events. And to share your ministry news with the K Chapel family, just send an email to kchapelannouncements at yahoo.com or you can go to the Submit Info tab on the K Chapel app. But be sure to get your announcements in by noon on Tuesday of each week. Amen. We do have one additional announcement here. A very special thank you to Reverend Reginald Buckley, the Deacon's Ministry, and the entire K Chapel family. Deacon Joe Laura appreciates all you did during the passing of his sister, Bobby Hodge. And this comes from the, um, the family, and I know that they appreciate all that we do from time to time. God bless you. This time now, we're going to pause for a time in our service where we can let our visitors know that we're just so happy to see them. So I'm going to simply say that if you are in this building now, and if you're not yet a member of this congregation, we're going to ask you to please stand, let us see you, and invite you back. All visitors, won't you please stand up? Stand up, visitors. Oh, I don't believe. Okay. I, okay. God bless you. Won't you remain standing for just a moment? Amen. This is we want you to know that we're just so happy to have you. Anytime that you're scheduled to allow, please come and visit us. And if you're just looking for a church home, we're going to ask that you just consider us here. And while you're standing, we're going to give you something you can only get here at K-Chapel Mishnap Baptist Church. This is our fellowship here. Won't you reach out and welcome your neighbor? Welcome to K-Chapel.
God bless you. You may be seated. We're already seated. Bless the Lord. Amen. <laughs> My timing's a little off this morning. That's all right. Lord is good. Amen. God is great and greatly to be praised. Amen. This is the day that the Lord has made. We're rejoicing and we're glad in it. Do me a favor. Ask your neighbor. Say, neighbor, will you act funny if I give God praise? What did they, did they, are they going to act funny? They gonna, if, if they say, if they cleared you, why don't you just go? If they cleared you to praise the Lord, go on and give him some praise this morning. Hallelujah. Bless his name. Does anybody know the Lord is good this morning? Does anybody know God is great this morning? He woke you up, kept you in your right mind. You ought to thank him this morning. Hallelujah. Hey. Bless his name. This is God's day and we glorify his holy name. Amen. 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 I feel a little bit better already. Amen. 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 Listen, do want to remind you, for those of you who may not know, we will be at Mount Nebo this afternoon at 3 p.m. Uh, with Pastor Wicks and Sister Wicks. They are celebrating their 18th uh, uh, pastoral anniversary there and so we invite you to come and share with us I'll be bringing the message uh, the voices of love will be sharing uh, in musical selections as well so we invite all of you to come who can come and celebrate that day with us amen amen can you believe we are at the end of January already I'm telling you y'all hold on to your seats this year is flying by amen we're already one month down and you know, you know what happens traditionally here at K Chapel in the month of February. It's not only Black History Month, but it's the month that we've dedicated and we call it 28 days. 28 days of prayer and fasting, 28 days of prayer and consecration because we believe this, that if you want to be more spiritual, if you want to grow in your spiritual uh, development, uh, that you can't wish growth, you can't just hope growth, but you've got to do growth. You've got to do something. Tell your neighbor you've got to do something. You got to do so. You just can't hope that you grow. You got to do something. Amen. And so, listen, we want to let you know this Wednesday, this Wednesday, uh, you can come this Wednesday uh, at Bible study. We will have those tw the 28-day pamphlet ready for you. Also, uh, we're going to have a fasting guide available for you. Now, do me this favor. If you're going to fast this year, if you're going to fast this year and you know you, you take different medications and on different sorts of things, get cleared by your physician first. Amen. Amen. Don't be saying Reverend Buckley got me sick. <laughs> Amen. The deacons don't want you to say that. Amen. The trustees don't want you to say that. Amen. We want you to get cleared by your physician before you uh, participate in fasting. But uh, if you cannot fast, we have various options in that fasting guide that are also uh, ways you can practice self-denial uh, that will do some of the same things. Because the idea is that you are crucifying the flesh. In other words, you are decreasing the power of the flesh and increasing the power of your spirit. And so if you'll come on Wednesday night, uh, you'll get both of those uh, pamphlets available that explains different types of fasts that you can participate in and also different types of self-denial that you can participate in because we want you not only physically strong, but spiritually strong as well. Amen. How many of y'all going to participate in 28 days? Let me see your hands. Let me see your hands. Amen. Amen. If your neighbor's hands is not up, say, what's wrong with you? What's wrong with you? What's wrong with you? What's wrong with you? Amen. <laughs> All right. God bless you. Come on, Brother Dickens. I'm not going to touch that. I'm, 
I'm just going to simply say that those of you who are enjoying a birthday today or this week, just thank God for it. Amen. Just thank God that you're still here. When you get home, look in the mirror and say, Lord, I thank you. Amen. This time now, we're going to pause for a time in our service where we all can give. And we like to remind you that during early morning service, we only do one offering. We're going to ask you to give as you have been so blessed. The ushers going to give us all the chance to come, and we have words from the pulpit. And this choir will give us a message and song. So there's no reason why we can't de uh, just get deep down in our pockets and give as the Lord has blessed us to do so. He that is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in much and he that is unjust in the least is unjust also in much if therefore ye have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon who will commit to your trust the true riches and if ye have not been faithful in that which is another man's who shall give you that which is your own no servant can serve two masters for either he will hate one and love the other or else he will hold to the one and despise the other, for ye cannot serve God and mammon. May the Lord add his blessing to those who read, hear, and do his holy word. Choir, ushers. Right now, right now, right now, right now. 
Of course, today will give us one final selection for the morning, after which we will be ready to receive the message from the pulpit. Bad, bad, bad. 
company will lead a good child, a good child to go astray. And now, children, listen to your mothers, and it doesn't matter what people might say. And no matter, no matter what the crime, when they bring their child before mother, mother say the child is mine. And I have a desire for my child to be nearer my God to me. She said, Lord, he'll be all right if he can get nearer my God to the old era. And every day, Lord, I want to get nearer. I want to get nearer my God to thee. And everything will be all right. They kept on singing. When I was just a boy, my mother was still off. She was still off all alone. I used to wonder what my mother was doing. I went out one morning, found her with folded arms. And mother had her eyes up. She was looking up at the sky. And I remember the tears as they fell down from her eyes and I remember the song that my dear mother was singing it was never my God then she said Lord I'll be alright if I can get nearer my God to the old era and every day Lord I want to get nearer a little bit closer Personally, nearer to 
who he is and what he wields nearer to my God. Jesus makes an interesting statement one day about nearness to him. He talks about feeding hungry people, clothing naked people, visiting people who are in prison. And disciples asked the question, said, Lord, when did we do any of that to you? He said, when you've done it to the least of these. And I'm going to paraphrase here. You've gotten near to me. When you've done it to the least. In other words, I can't get close to God and be distanced from you. A lot of us want to do that. We want to get close to God, but not deal with each other. Jesus says, no, if you want to get close to me, you have to relate right to your brothers and your sisters. And it's with that thought that I want us to consider this morning from the book of Acts, Acts chapter number 2, beginning with verse 42, I'll be reading from the New Living Translation these words, all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper and to prayer. A deep sense of awe came over them all, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshiped together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper, and shared their meals with great joy and generosity all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day, the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. I want to talk from the thought, the power of Christian community. The power of Christian community. In conversation with his disciples one day, Jesus asked what would be a central question for his ministry. He says to them, who do men say that I am? After some debate and dialogue, you remember Peter came with an answer saying, thou art the Christ. Son of the living God. Jesus responds to Peter's statement with his own declaration saying, Upon this rock I'll build my church. The gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Upon this rock I will build my church. The church then is 
is Jesus's idea and it is his institution. The church, this called out body of believers is the brainchild of, and the bride of Jesus Christ. He calls it my church. So since it belongs to him, since the church is Jesus's idea, since the church is built upon him, since the church uh, rests upon him, it's a little hot, Mike, since the church is that thing that Christ himself established, since he is the founder, since he is the head and since he is the cornerstone, it stands. The reason that we should from time to time evaluate ourselves to determine how we measure up to what Christ envisioned his church to be. In other words, there are, there are certain things that the church ought to be known for. Certain things that the church ought to do. Certain things... In certain ways, the church ought to act. Certain rituals, the church ought to practice. And certain characteristics that the church ought to embody that distinguish it from every other institution in the world. And one of those distinguishing features that makes the church so unique and so special is the power of Christian community. Christian community. When you begin to examine birth of the church and its early inception in the book of Acts, we are immediately drawn to the fact that it was a spirit-filled body of believers that grew exponentially, and it grew exponentially even under the threat of persecution. Even though Christians were being killed for declaring the name of Jesus, the church still grew. People were being killed, but the church still grew. And anybody concerned about church growth ought to be both inspired and challenged by this phenomenon because how is it that under the threat of death and persecution that the early church could grow so quickly and yet in our culture today where we enjoy the freedom of worshiping God, the church is sort of just limping along, picking up a few members here and there. What, what was it about this early church? that inspired and maintained such commitment and such devotion among its membership to the point that they were willing to risk death for the sake of being a part of the church. Perhaps you will say, revenue is the power of the Holy Spirit. And I wouldn't argue with you against that point. Certainly, the convicting and converting power of the Holy Ghost is central in the development of the early church. The Holy Ghost makes his arrival on the day of Pentecost and fills that small band of Jesus followers with power to do signs and wonders that cause others to give themselves to the cause of Christ. No doubt, yes, the workings of the Holy Ghost is a primary reason for the growth of the early church, but I believe that the power of the early church rested in the fact that it was as much a relational body as it was a spiritual body. In other words, there was as much commitment to each other as there, as there was to spiritual disciplines and practices. There was as much commitment to fellowshipping as there was to fasting. 
There was as much commitment to playing with each other as there was to praying for one another. And there was as much commitment to sharing resources with each other as there was to showing up to temple for worship. In fact, the early church seemed to equate the two, the spiritual, yes, and the relational, recognizing that it is a spiritual experience to be in relationship with my brother and my sister. Whereas they saw the two as one and the same. The modern church seemed to separate them, trying to be spiritual without being relational. You don't have to say amen. I'm, you know I'm right. I'm, a lot of believers are going through life trying to be spiritual without the burden of being relational. Trying to be spiritual without the responsibility of being relational. Trying to be spiritual without the obligation of being relational. Yes, the early church was spiritual, but it was also unbelievably relational. I'm afraid that this contemporary church, this 21st century church, in its rush for spiritual fervor and expression, in its zeal to discover and exercise spiritual gifts, in its focus on spiritual growth and development, this modern church has overlooked and in some cases, cases even forsaken the relational aspect and power of the church. We want to be more spiritual, but we search for it in isolation. We want to be more spiritual, but we look for it in self-contained compartments of spiritualism and practices and rituals and habits. And while it is good to have spiritual disciplines in place that foster and support spiritual growth, you can pray, fast, give, meditate, and study the Word of God and still miss the purpose of the church and the great power contained in Christian community if you forsake relationships. What are you saying, preacher? I'm saying there are some spiritual plateaus that you cannot reach by yourself. Can't do it. Can't do it. There, there are some spiritual levels of growth that you cannot achieve by yourself, but you actually need the challenge of others. You need the tension from others. You need the push and the pushback from others. You need the sharpening that you get from others. You need the accountability of others. You need the prayers of others, the encouragement of others, the testimonies of others, so that you can get to where you need to be. You need Christian community. You can't do it by yourself. And there seems to be in the early church this recognition and this understanding that if they were going to grow spiritually both collectively and individually that they had to do so as a body. They had to do it together. They had to do it in conjunction with one another. One could not grow on their own, but rather in community with each other. So the Bible says in verse number 42, I'm going to preach in just a minute. The Bible says in verse number 42 that they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper and to prayer. Watch this. They devoted themselves. 
That is to say, they gave themselves to spiritual practices. That's, that's the apostles' doctrine, the teaching, the Lord's Supper, and prayer. Somebody say, that's spiritual. Yeah, that's spiritual. That's spiritual. The, the apostles' doctrine, the Lord's Supper, prayer, that's spiritual. But they also devoted themselves to being relational people. It says, through fellowshipping and the sharing of meals. In other words, they wasn't just eating bread and drinking wine. Y'all ain't talking to me in here. But somebody made a pot of greens. So, so, some, somebody baked some fish. Y'all ain't talking to me in here. So, so, somebody mixed up some meal and, and made some cornbread. And, and, and after they did the Lord's Supper, then they got down. Y'all ain't talking to me in here. And in so doing, they are setting forth the idea of Christian community where believers do life together. Christian community where people actually know each other. Christian community where people support one another. Christian community where somebody's needs were met by someone else's surpluses. Christian community where people took to the time to see each other and know each other and see what God was doing in their midst. So three quick things I want to bring to your attention that this text brings out. This text suggests, first of all, that Christian community offers, number one, the abiding sense of God's active presence. Christian community offers to us the abiding sense of God's active presence. Verse 42 and 43, all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, and to the sharing of meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. Verse 43, and, and a deep sense of awe came over them all. A deep sense of awe came over them all. Within this devoted community of believers was a sense of awe. What caused them to be so awestruck? What, what could have caused them to just be in awe? They were in awe for the same reason that believers who get together today oftentimes leave in awe. Why? Because when believers commune together, it is more than just a get-together. It is more than a social or a soiree, but in communion with one another, believers connect to each other and hear and see and sense through one another what God is up to. How many times have you been in the presence of fellow believers and in conversation that lends itself to sensing and hearing and seeing God's hand move? beyond the conversation and the laughter and the exchange of pleasantries, when the people of God get together, the spirits of believers sense together where God is moving, what God is doing, what God is saying, who God is using, and where God is leading. That's why I love getting together with Christians. I mean real Christians. Let me clarify that. I mean real Christians. Folk who, when we start talking about spiritual things, their spirits get happy and 
and my spirit gets happy and, and we start sensing what God is saying in the situations of life. It, it's a beautiful thing and we oftentimes leave those encounters in awe. In awe that what God was saying to me, he was also saying to you. In awe. In awe that what he did in my life, he, he did in your life. In awe. There is an awe in knowing that where God's people are, that he is also present and performing. He is present and doing. He is present and actively moving, touching situations, healing diseases, transforming lives. That puts me in awe when I hear somebody's testimony that he's saving the lost and binding the broken and lifting the downtrodden and strengthening the weak and restoring the hurt and redirecting the wayward and reclaiming the disillusion and reestablishing the fallen. It, it puts me in awe when I hear about how he's opening doors and moving mountains and defeating enemies and calming storms and removing fears and lifting burdens and making ways. It, it puts me in awe when I hear how good my God still is and he's not just doing it in my life but he's doing it in your life and in your life it leaves me in awe. And when believers get together and share testimonies and start comparing notes and checking God's record of faithfulness, we are left amazed and in awe. Look at God working it out. Look at God turning it around. Look, look at my God opening doors that folk had closed in your face. Look at God lifting up folk that the doctors gave up on. Look, look at my God. Nothing. For my God, it leaves me in awe. A deep sense of awe suggests that these early Christians were all spiritually sensitive and saw the hand of God and the will of God and the works of God being made manifest in their lives together and they were left in awe. Christian community. We have the blessed privilege of celebrating together the awesome acts of a faithful God and magnifying his name together. Good God Almighty. That's what the psalmist says. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. Why? Because I know what he did in my life. But look like if he did anything in your life, we ought to get together and magnify the Lord together. I, I know where he moved in my life, but, but if he moved in your life, look like we ought to get together and magnify the Lord together. I know what he... So in verse 43, it says, And the apostles performed many miracles, miraculous signs, and wonders. The apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. Listen, God still shows up where his people are in community. I'm going to say that again. Where God's people are in community, he still shows up. Jesus said this, where two or three are gathered in my name, I will be in the midst 
of them. When God's people are in community, when God's people are praying together and playing together and doing life together, God says, I'll get in the middle of that. I, I want to be present for that. I, I want to be at the center of that. He says, I'm there in the midst of that. And in the midst of that, watch this. When God shows up, the result is the apostles perform miraculous signs and wonders. What are you saying? I'm saying that the church can't just be about fellowship, but the church ought to be doing some miraculous signs. Y'all ain't talking to me in here. And wonders. In other words, if, if there's death around the church, then the church ain't doing what it ought to be doing because, because my Bible says, yeah, that, that, that Jesus was one who raised the dead. Y'all ain't talking to me in here. And, and it would be a wonderful, miraculous sign and wonder to see dead things dead situations, dead conditions suddenly return to life, dead economies living again, dead houses restored again, dead families thriving again, dead jobs producing again. The church, that's what the church did. Miraculous signs and wonders that there was something to their faith. Help me somebody. They, they, they ate greens, but they wasn't just eating greens. Yeah, they had potlucks, but they wasn't just having potlucks. After the potlucks, there were some prayer meetings and some signs and wonders that followed after them. Secondly, when believers band together and do life together, there is also, secondly, within Christian community, the extraordinary expression of authentic empathy. The extraordinary expression of authentic empathy. Verse 44 says, and all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. Oh, yeah, that said what it said. It, that wasn't a misprint. I know you're trying to see this. Yeah, that's what it says. All the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. That messed up somebody right there. Shared. Ain't even got to everything. Just share. You mean my, my stuff? They shared everything they had, sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. There was among them then this shared identity. There was a willingness for those who had to see those who did not have and share accordingly. Watch this. They didn't act like they didn't see the need. They didn't go to church and act like they didn't see folk. Y'all ain't talking. See, this is the power of Christian community. Christian community means I can't come to church and do my God thing and not do my brother thing. I can't worship God and ignore my sister. I, I can't be spiritual and ignore need around me. They, they said, no, if we're going to be serious about our worship with God, we're going to tend to the needs of our brothers and our sisters. 
It is authentic empathy. When I join you in your journey, when I suffer with you in your sorrow, when I celebrate with you in your success, and when I share with you in your need, that is authentic empathy. This goes back to the idea of seeing each other. Watch this. I didn't say looking. I said seeing. Because the church folk ain't got no problem looking. We look at everything. No, that hat ain't matching them shoes. That's because you looking. You, you ain't seeing nothing. You're just looking. You, you're just looking at what they got on. You're just looking at how they dress. You, you're just looking at what they dry. You're just looking. Y'all ain't talking to me in here. But when you see, you get past the superficial. You get past the outer covering when you see. Because watch this. There are a lot of folk who are covering up a whole lot of stuff trying to keep you from seeing the hurt that's on the inside. So they look like a million bucks. And if you don't ever get past the suit and the dress and the hat and everything else, you will never see what's going on on the inside. Ah. Ah. Looking and seeing are two different things. If you're only looking, you'll never see the brokenness. If you're only looking, you'll never see the loneliness. If you're only looking, you'll never see the bitterness. You'll never see the emptiness. You'll, you'll never see the insecurity or the self-doubt or the fear or the anxiety. If you're just looking, you'll never see the moral failure or the ethical dilemma or the spiritual struggle or the emotional baggage. If you're just looking, you'll never see the mental turmoil. You'll never see what's happening inside because you're just looking at how they present. But real Christian community says, you know what? What you're presenting is not the whole story. And because I'm your brother or sister, I'm willing to take the time to find out the real story. Mm. See, because in real, in real community, we... Don't just ask each other, how you doing? But we take the time to hear the response. This early church was devoted to expressing authentic empathy amongst and between them to the extent of selling their possessions to ensure that there was no one with need or lack among them. That is Christian community. And by community... You see now, we're not just talking about a group of people who live in the same area or a group of people who come to the same church. No, Christian community is about a group of people who are caring for one another, a group of people who are knowledgeable about each other's needs, a group of people who are taking on one another's burdens, a group of people who are committed to the well-being and the general welfare of one another, a group of people who are interested in and devoted to each other. And there's power in that kind of community. When I know I'm a part of something where people, watch this, actually care about me, 
wait a minute, that, that, that you, really, you really recognize that I wasn't there this past Sunday? Y'all ain't talking to me in here. Don't, 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 don't underestimate the value of you reaching out to the person who you know usually sits on the row in front of you and behind you and you didn't see them and you take the time to just say, I missed you this Sunday. There's value in that. Everybody wants to be connected to something where they know they matter. Where they know they count. There's power in that kind of community. Watch this. Verse 46 says, They worshiped together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper, and shared their meals with great joy and generosity. Watch this, y'all. They went to church. Watch this. Watch this. Hang on. They went to church, but they fellowshiped outside of church. Okay, I'm going to do it again. They went to church, but they fellowshiped outside of church. Y'all ain't talking to me in here. What are you saying, preacher? You need a life. Y'all ain't talking to me. You need a life that ain't spending every minute in church. I know you didn't expect your preacher to say that, but I'm going to say it again. You need a life that doesn't have all of your hours in church. They, they say, we're going to do church together. But listen, there, there's a whole world outside of church. But listen, when we get outside, we ain't going to act like we don't know who each other is. Yeah, don't, don't, don't act like, oh, Lord, I don't want to see her because you're doing something you don't need to be doing. No, no, no. we're going to do life together outside of church. Just make sure you're in the right place. Talk to me, somebody. Just make sure you're doing the right thing with your neighbor outside of church. Ain't nothing wrong with Christians bowling together and, and, and Christians fishing together and, and Christians enjoying music together. And, and I'm going to stop right there because I might go too far. Y'all waiting me to get on your road. I'm going to leave that alone. Y'all got to figure that out by yourselves. Like, Come on, Reverend, tell me, tell me, tell me. They met in the homes, but they also enjoyed with great joy. and They had fellowship outside. Yeah. They went to church each day, but they also met in homes. They went to church, but they fellowshiped outside. Christians in community with each other are not just, hear me, we are not just weekend worshipers who happen to get together at the same church. We're not supposed to be just Sunday morning saints who praise God for an hour and then retreat to our own worlds for the next six days only to return next week, same time, same place, sit in the same seat. No, Christians in community are not just to be pew partners who show up, meet up, catch up, stand up, and then sign up for some community service activity. No, Christians in community with one another have relationships outside of weekly worship. We are to be knitted together by a special cord of community. In this text, the believers came to temple and to each other's homes. They went to temple, but then they shared with each other. 
Stop by. Come on by. Who, who are you in relationship with that y'all can share? Ain't talking about your family right now. I'm talking about outside of your family. Who are you in relationship with that y'all share like that? See, 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 let me, talk to my, let me talk to my millennials and young adults, particularly, and young families. Um, um, I, listen, I, listen, this is great, but this, this is far from authentic relationship. Don't get me wrong. This is a great tool, and I use it. Listen, and it's a wonderful thing, because you can communicate I got an update. Wait a minute. No, I'm joking. So you can communicate with folk all, all so funny, all over the world. You can communicate. You can find out news all over the world. But what good is it to know what's happening in Moscow if I don't know what's happening to my neighbor right next to me? I'm checking on Putin. And I ain't talk to Pookie. And he right here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Real relationship. What are you doing? That's what I'm saying, preacher. I'm saying I want to push you. I want to push you into establishing deeper relationships with each other. I want to challenge you to begin this year starting to deepen your relationships in this church with one another that you actually know people around you and not just their faces. Guilty. Guilty. There are about two more over there on that side. Guilty. Yeah. Guilty. Yeah. Last thing, and I'm through. Here it is, finally. This text lifts up the idea that Christian community is a growing gathering of good-willed people. It is a growing gathering of good-willed people. Verse 47 says, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people, and each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. Here is this community of born-again, baptized believers. And they refuse to keep themselves in their respective households. They share with one another. And as they share and engage and take on the general welfare of each other, watch this, God blesses that. And he says, you know what? That's the kind of community that I want to grow. Where people are in relationship with each other. He says, that's, and so, and so he sends, he sends 3,000 to the church at one day. He says, because they have the model right. They are sharing with one another, and they're not trying to get to God by going around each other. Nearer my God to thee? Yes, but I got to go through my neighbor. Can't get to him without dealing with you. I can't get to him. 
I can't meet with him without ministering to you. I can't glorify him without giving to you. That is the power of Christian community. My prayer for us. My prayer for us this year. You're going to hear this a lot this year. This challenge of, of deepening relationships. This challenge of, of, of opening ourselves to what God is doing. And with whom God wants us in relationship. How we can be a stronger fellowship, a stronger church. What's required of us to be that kind of, that, this acts kind of church. Kind of church that Jesus said, I will build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. That's the kind of church that hell has no power over. When people are together on one accord, worshiping together, but also witnessing together, that's the kind of church hell has no power over. Come on, hold your hands, hold, hold your neighbor's hand. Let's pray together. See somebody too mean to hold a hand. Hold, I'm away for you. Hold your neighbor's hand. As a challenge for somebody, I'm waiting on you. I'm waiting on you. Father, we thank you this morning. We thank you that you have given to us the greatest body, the greatest institution, the greatest organism called the church, where we as baptized, born-again believers come week after week. Yes, to this building, but, but more than this building, we are a body. Thank you for that. God, we pray now that we would begin deepening our relationships with each other. We pray, God, that we would use the tools that you have given us, but not as distractions from authentic relationships. God, we pray that where there has been discord, where there has been disillusionment, that we would begin even now repairing those breaches, recognizing, God, that you want all of us to be in union with one another. Lord, as we come preparing ourselves to partake of this bread and drink of this cup, this, this supper that we call communion, oh God, we pray for community. We pray, Lord, that there would be community so that as we eat this bread and drink this wine, that we would not do so in vain. God, I pray now for someone who's been searching for that kind of fellowship, that kind of church, that kind of authentic engagement and relationship with each other, and they just haven't found it yet. God, I pray now that by your spirit, you would lead them and direct them to take a few steps of faith, simply saying, Lord, I believe. I believe that there's a reason that you brought me here this morning. I believe there's a reason this preacher is preaching about this right now. And I believe that there's a reason even that in this prayer, that this is ministering to my heart. Lord, touch that person's heart to say simply yes. Not because this is a perfect church, but because it is the perfect church for them. Granted in Jesus' name and for his sake we pray. Amen, amen. and amen. 
partner, if you're here this morning, if you're here this morning and you don't have a church home, if you're here this morning and you have not first given your life to Christ, if you're here and, and you don't know God through Jesus Christ, or if you're here, you've done all of that, but you strayed away from the church and you need to come back home. If either of those scenarios fit your situation, I want to invite you to come now. Take these seats. And let us minister to you and pray with you and pray for you. And you will become a part of us and we will become a part of you. And we can start this journey together. The doors of the church are open. You can come now by letter by Christian experience as a candidate for baptism. Won't you come now? some things we do here. I pray for you. This is what we do here at Cain. You pray for me. I love you. I love you. I need you. I need you to serve I won't harm you. I won't harm you. With words from my mouth. With words from my mouth. Because I love you. I love you. And I need you. I need you. Can you say that to your neighbor? I pray for you. I pray Now do me the favor. You pray for me. You pray. Cause I love you, I love and I need, I need you to serve. And I won't harm you. I won't harm you. Words from my mouth, words from my mouth. Cause I love you, I love you, I need you to serve. I pray for you. You pray for me. You pray for me. Said I love, I love. 
and I need, I need you to serve and I, I won't harm you. I won't harm words from my mouth. Words from my mouth. Yeah. I table represents several things but among them is the idea that in this ceremony we are one as we eat this bread and drink this cup it says that we are united united by faith united under the blood of Christ united as children of God. That means that we can't come to this table full of wrath. We can't come to this table upset with each other. We can't come to this table with disagreements and frustrations that have not been resolved. I believe that's why Paul tells us that we ought to examine ourselves. Make sure that before we partake of these elements that we don't do so in an unworthy manner. So in these next few moments, why don't we do just that and examine ourselves. Make sure that our hearts are right. Make sure that our spirits are renewed. Make sure that our mind has been restored. I'm not going to say anything. I'm just going to let you in the quiet of this moment examine yourself and confess believing that he's faithful and just to forgive us of all of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Examine yourself. for your cleansing power. Thank you for your Holy Spirit. Thank you now for renewing, restoring, and cleansing us. In Jesus' name, amen.
Let's break bread together. Let us break bread together on our knees. Let us break bread together on our knees. When I fall on my knees with my face to the rising sun, Because we are community, if there is anyone among us who has a gluten sensitivity, we don't want you to miss out on this Lord's Supper. And so we do have gluten-free wafers. If you will identify yourselves, uh, Deacon Gentry will serve you that so that you might participate as well in this Lord's Supper. Praise God. Let us praise God together on our knees. Let us praise God together on our knees. Let's break bread together.
Let us drink wine together. it and blessed it and said take eat this is my body which is broken for you likewise after the same manner he took the cup and blessed it saying this is the blood of the new testament which is shed for the remission of sin as often as we do this we do show forth his death and suffering until he comes again let us drink together finish, they sang a hymn and went out into the Mount of Olives. What a fellowship, what a joy divine, leaning on the everlasting arms. What a blessedness, what a May the grace of God and the sweet communion of his Holy Spirit rest, rule, and abide with each of you, now, henceforth, and forevermore, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen and amen. God bless you. Go in peace. <laughs>